right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Let's Talk on Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, Mr. Talk in the House. How y'all doing out there today? Hope everybody's having a wonderful Friday afternoon. Hey, man, we got another great show for you today, and the title of the show is It Hurts. Oh, yeah, it hurts. It hurts. It hurts. But we get to that in a little while. Hey, I want to say hey to my co-host who's on vacation today. So y'all got me handling the store, and y'all know how I run the train. We get busy, baby. So let's make this thing happen. All right, we got a song of the day for you. Oh, we got a couple of songs of the day for you, maybe. I just ain't decided which one yet. Uh, But we'll see as we go. We got a black history person for you today, Mr. Alexander P. Ashbourne. Oh, yeah, for you nappy-headed people, he the one who helped you out. Because <laughs> you know good and well, some of you got that nappy stuff and it needs all the help it can get. But anyway, we'll, we'll cover that in a little while. As I said, we got song of the day. Uh, we got an inspiration saying for you. So we, we ready, man. We ready to rock and roll today. And I hope, I hope you're ready. Um, let's see what else we got. Oh, we just got some fun today. That's all we got. We got some fun today. Um, with that being said, um, let's see. Let me tell you how you be a part of the show, because as I always say, you are the show, basically, and I like to hear what, what's on your mind when we start talking about certain things. So the easiest way is just call me at 347-838-8622. You can email me at Eric Let's. L-E-T-S talk at gmail.com. Chat room is open at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Mr. Talk. Okay, so those are all the ways you can call me, participate on the show, let me know what you're thinking, and we can have us some fun today. That's right. And only because I said so. <laughs> That's only because I said so. Um. We also are going to have a little, I don't know, I don't, I don't know yet. I, I'm thinking about doing something a little different. I just haven't decided, but I'll let you know what it is when we get there. All right. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, I'll let you know what it is. But, you know, we got two and a half, three hours to, to talk about a lot of stuff, and I'm looking forward to it, you know. Of course, you you got this thing going on with um with the administration, as always, uh, although there was some good news for the administration today. We'll talk about that in a little while. And so, you know, we'll just, we'll just talk about that for a little while. And then there was the shooting down in Florida over a parking spot. Yeah, and um, it brings up that controversial stand-your-ground law. So we're going to have to talk a little bit about that as well. Because I don't think a lot of people understand what this Daniel Brown law is all about. And as we often say here on the show, black people, we need to know what the law is, okay? We need to understand this law, especially this stand your ground law, because it's just another another way for them to take us out. So we're going to talk a little bit about that uh, as well. You know, the GOP was trying to impeach that they were going after the um, deputy attorney general. don't know why they were going after this guy, but 
Yeah, we do know exactly. We do know what, why they was going after him. You know, um, uh, <laughs> you know, we we do know why they going after him. But apparently, <clears throat> um, um, Paul Ryan kind of them put a, a a wrench in their plan. So I think that may be on hold for a moment, but we'll see. And then speaking of uh, retribution, uh, uh, whatever you want to call it, the administration is talking about taking some security clearances from some individuals that have openly criticized uh, this administration. And I mean openly as in very recently. <laughs> so now they want to take they want to take the uh, <clears throat> they want to take your dang on their security clearances. Although one of them already had their security taken because why they left the the um, they left the FBI, and we all know once you leave the FBI, your security clearance is gone. So that's what we're talking about today, and um, I really want to hear what you have to say on these topics uh, because all these are important. They really are. They really are. So we're gonna get on into the, all that in a little bit, but first. It's time to get some music going to make your Friday afternoon just a little bit better. Just a little bit better. Now, some of you I know have been going through a heck of a heat wave. When I say a heck of a heat wave, I mean a heat wave. It's so hot, so hot, the devil trying to come up out of hell. <laughs> uh, I had to stay there. But anyway, so I picked this song right here because this is the perfect summertime. Especially with the dog days of August coming up, hey, we all gonna be doing a little bit of this, I'm sure. All right, so without further ado, here's Mr. Will Smith and Summertime. Let's get it on, baby. Yeah. 
ball to get me a short set. Yeah, I got on sneaks, but I need a new pair. Cause basketball courts in the summer got girls there. The temperature's about 88. Hop in the water plug, just for old time's sake. Break to your crib, change your clothes once more. Cause you're invited to a barbecue to start at four. Sitting with your friends as y'all reminisce about the days growing up and the first person you kissed. And as I think back, makes me wonder how the smell from a grill can spark up nostalgia. All the kids playing out front, little boys messing around with the girls playing double dutch. While the DJ spinning a tune as the old folks dance at your family reunion. Then six, the clock rolls around. You just finished wiping your car down. It's time to cruise, so you go to the summertime, hang out, it looks like a car show. Everybody come looking real fine, fresh from the barbershop of Blossom the beauty salon. Every moment fronting and maxing, chilling in the car, they spent all day waxing, leaning to the side, but you can't speed through two miles an hour, so everybody sees you. There's an air of love and of happiness, and this is the Fresh Prince's new definition of summer madness.
kiss as Susie Q, you drop the bomb on me. Stretch it, stretch it, flex it, flex it. Give me the permission, okie dokie, I'll bless that. Bless it like Buddha, Buddha as the best. We can lay down at the level, put your head on my neck. Email me at ericletslets, L-E-T-S, talk at gmail.com. 
And don't forget our chat room is open at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Mr. Talk. So those are all the ways you can hook up with anything. And uh, let's talk about some things, baby. Ah, <laughs> because that's what we do here on Let's Talk. That is what we do. All right, so let's see, what else do we have to talk about today? Oh, yeah, you know, it's kind of odd you're doing certain things when your co-host's not here, you know, because we get used to having, you know, working off each other. But since she's not here, I'm going to have to take control and make things happen, which I can do <laughs> because I am Mr. Talk. All right, it's about that time. It's about that time, y'all. So the history lesson. That's right. Black history moments. And I got a good one for you today. I have a good one for you today. His name is Alexander P. Ashbourne. Oh, yeah. And for all y'all with that kinky hair out there, that old nappy stuff, I ain't talking about the good stuff. I'm talking about that nappy stuff that you can't even run your fingers through without getting third, you know, them third to V cuts and things like that. Yeah, I'm talking to y'all. Y'all can thank this guy right here. He was the refiner of coconut oil. Mr. Ashbourne was born into slavery in 1820. Back in them days, everybody was basically born into slavery, you know. And he lived to be 95 years old. You know what? Isn't it amazing that, you know, back in the day, let's think about this for a moment. Back in the day, they were in slavery. They stayed out in the sun. They ate whatever was given to them to eat. And they outlived all of us. Outlived, they outlived, they outlived most of us, you know. That, that, isn't that amazing? With all this so-called healthy stuff that is recommended today, most people can't, can't reach 85. But he lived to be 95 years old. That is a blessing. Anyway, Ashborn is best known for his patents that made coconut oil accessible for domestic use. That means for the people, for everybody. Ashbar received a patent for treating coconut on August the 21st, 1877. He received patent number. All right, if y'all want to write it down, here it is. The patent number is 194287 for his process. Y'all need that again? The patent number is 194287. Check it out if you've never seen what that looked like. The process for refining the oil includes filtration, bleaching, Heated to an extremely elevated temperature, and it is hydrogenated to ensure that no unsaturated fatty acids are left in the oil. Yeah, so they're getting all that nasty, sticky, yucky stuff out of the, the coconut oil. You know, because some of y'all nasty enough. You don't need all that other stuff to help join in. Anyway, the process was difficult at the time because there was a lack of technological advancement. Of course, you know, they didn't have the machines that automatically do it for you. You know, more than likely, they had to do it by hand or, you know, some cruelly, you know, created tools, but that's what it was. His process is still being used today and has been built upon by food companies worldwide. He also gained a patent for a process for preparing coconut oil on July the 27th, Eight. 1880, which is what? July the 27th, 2018. So this is the anniversary of his other patent for a process for preparing coconut oil. Y'all thought I would miss that, huh? Ah, that's why I chose him. He started working on his refining process in 1875, 
and continued until 1880. Thanks to his work, coconut oil is used in hair products, foods, and scented products. See, that's why I say for y'all with that old nappy, nappy, raggedy hair, hey, hair products, you can thank this guy right here. Aspirin patent. He also, now see, and this is what you you have to understand back then. They not only came up with one or two ideas, they were constantly inventing things. Even after being born into slavery, to help make their lives better, they were constantly creating, creating. Mind never stopped. This guy actually went ahead and created a biscuit cutter. A biscuit cutter. He invented a biscuit cutter. He got a patent for that on May 11, 1875. Now, before he created, invented the biscuit cutter, cooks had to shake biscuits by hand. Y'all know how you do it. You weed, you knead them, though, and then you got to tear a piece off and shape them and hope that y'all know what I'm talking about. The real cooks know what I'm talking about. Yeah, well, they ain't have it where they just pop the can open and they pop out and you just put them on the pan. No, they had to do some work for them biscuits. That's why they enjoy them more. Yeah, but you know what? Be careful. Sometimes them biscuits will choke you when you make them like that, though. <laughs> but anyway, the spring-loaded cutter had it boiled to load biscuits and unload them easily. There was a metal plate with various shapes. The cook could push down on the plate to cut through the dough into shapes. Now, we know today we have all kinds of stuff made. Well, the only thing you have to do is take it and get the little uh, piece of equipment, metal thing, push it down, spin it, raise it up, and you got your biscuits, you put it on the thing. So that was another one of his inventions, and that was, the life of Mr. Alexander P. Ashbourne, A-S-H-B-O-U-R-N-E, the refiner of coconut oil. All right, so he lived 1820 to 1915. All right, so hey, y'all want to check him out? You can go to uh, AtlantaBlackStar.com. Yep, and I'm going to put the link in the chat room for those that's in the chat room. So you can go and check him out on your, on your own. You know, because that's what we do, baby. That's what we do. Uh, let's see. With that being said, I, I'm loving today because I'm taking my time, y'all. I'm not rushing today. I'm not rushing at all. All right. So we placed that link in the chat room. So anybody want to go and check it out, go right ahead. All right. Now, moving right along because we can move right along. Let's talk about some things. Let's 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 get this train rolling. You know. Now, I have been accused of always saying negative stuff about this administration. And of course, let's be honest, there's not too many positives that this administration does or, or comes up with. Now, let's be honest about that, all right? We know they're always screwing up something because they really have no idea what they're doing. None whatsoever. Okay, so I'm going to actually report a couple of good things. Then I'm going to report what's really going on with this administration. Because you think about it now. Every dog gets a bone every now and then, right? Every dog gets a bone every now and then. So even the great, great black Obama did some things that he shouldn't have done. But it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> We're not going to go backtracking to that. We're going to stay right here where we are. 
right, Trump signs $55 billion bill to give veterans more health care options, VA overhaul, and more. Now, you know, when it comes to veterans and myself being a veteran, you know, I pay attention to this stuff. And I I, I just see, you know, what what are they going to do? And it seems like the, at least the last three administrations, including this one, has said the same thing. We're going to give the vets more health care options. We're going to overhaul it. But the only thing they've been doing is what? Changing the head man. That's it. Changing the head man. Now, okay, <laughs> this new bill is supposed to change how the VA pays for private care. And the, the system is called Veterans Choice Program, the Veterans Choice Program. And this program is supposed to help alleviate having long wait times for veterans when they go to the VA hospital. All right? So again, they're throwing this out there like this is a new program and, and nobody has thought of this before. We've had the Veterans Choice Program already. They've tried it. It didn't work. Because what they're not telling you is regardless of whether you go and see an outside doctor or you go and see the VA doctor, it still has to be approved by the VA. You just can't hop up and go to the doctor. You still have to be approved by the VA. Now, I'm going to tell you a little thing. I had a procedure I needed to have, and the wait was about six months to a year. So I was approved to go to a no. I was sent to a, uh, um, an outside doctor to see if they, you know, get it done a little faster. Well, of course, it was through the Veterans Choice Program. And you had to submit paperwork, so forth and so on. Well, the bottom line was, after all this, by time, <laughs> the the outside doctor was ready to do the procedure, the paperwork from the Veterans Choice Program had expired, which meant I had to go all through the rigmarole all over again. Why they think they're going to do anything better with this, I have no idea, because I don't see, unless they just make it to where we as veterans can go and they build the VA without having to wait for the VA to say yeah or nay, it's not going to work. It's not going to benefit any of us. Because in the bottom line with myself, it was like a year and some months, and I ended up having the procedure done at the VA anyway. Get my point? So they're talking about eliminating wait times. The wait time was the same because you still have to wait for the VA to approve it. So hopefully, and I do mean hopefully, they can fix that. They can fix it. And as I said, I, the only way I see them fix it is we can go to the outside, get us an outside doctor, a primary care physician, and just uh, build a VA. Then again, we know that's not going to work, right? Anyway, um, supposed to consolidate and revise a number of VA healthcare programs, um, expand 
expansion in veterans' private sector health care options, which we just talked about, intention to overhaul the Department of Veterans Affairs as a whole. Once again, as a whole. And when they say that, what do they do? They just changed the head. In fact, they just put somebody up there last week, changed him out. I think this is about the third or fourth guy. So what is they going to do? Nothing. And also expands health care coverage to pre-9-11 veterans. Because apparently there are some veterans, Vietnam-era veterans, World War One, World War II, many of them not left, but were not able to receive certain types of treatment through the VA. Well, now they're supposed to be changing to where they can receive uh, treatment as well. So that, that's a good thing. That is a good thing. But the rest of this nonsense, it's the same old rigmarole. And let's not forget that there is a what? There is a midterm election coming up in November. So this this sounds good because what do you have to do? They try to get votes. They want the veterans to vote for them. So why not make it sound good? But veterans, we aren't dummies. Okay? We we, we see we see behind the veil. We see behind the veil. So Without, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. $55 billion. But wait a minute. Wasn't this administration the one that said they were going to trim the deficit? Yeah, we see how that's working, right? (laughs) All right. So that's what they said they're going to do for the veterans. And another bit of good news, the gross domestic product report came in today, and it shows that the economy has grown 4.1%. 4.1%. 4.1%. 4.1%. And, of course, we know that orange man up there, he had to have a press conference to boast on that. You know? He had to boast on that. <laughs> you know, he had to boast on that. Because, you know, the best, I think, the Obama administration was two point something, if I'm not mistaken. I'll find out the numbers for you here in a minute. But, so he had to have have a press conference to boast on that. The best it's ever been. Y'all ever notice everything he do, he wants you to believe it's the best that it has ever been? Which makes no freaking sense, because half the time, it is not the best it has ever been. Now, I know when we start talking about um, the gross domestic uh, product and things like that. Some of you got it in high school. Some of you did. Now I remember being taught in high school a little bit about it. And if you was like me, you really didn't pay no attention. You're like, yeah, whatever. I don't know about that. That's not my my field. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know. So let me tell you what it is. The gross domestic product is the best way to measure a country's economy. The GDP is the total value of everything produced by all the people and companies in the country. It doesn't matter if they are citizens or, listen to this now, because this plays a big part of it. It doesn't matter if they are citizens or foreign-owned companies. If they are located within the country's boundaries, the government counts their production as GDP. Now, the reason why I say let's pay attention to that part that says, <clears throat> excuse me, foreign-owned companies, 
because we do know that China owns a whole lot of companies in this in this country. Da 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 da. Check it out now. All right, China, Russia. Okay. Uh, need I say any more? Need I say any more? So it is is counted in. Now, how's that broken down? How's that broken down? Seventeen percent is, is, is depends it, um, government spending. Seventeen percent business investment. Uh, you take four percent away for net exports for what goes out. You take four percent away, and then you have seventy percent of personal consumption. All right, so that's how it, it is. It, it is figured out. Um. Oh man, I, I would explain the math to you, but. Let's be honest. If I was to explain to you, unless you was a mathematician, you wouldn't you wouldn't get it. No, I mean you wouldn't get it. So basically that's what the GDP is. Um, but there is a thing, you know, and it is measured quarterly, which is every four months. Four months? Yeah, every four months. So that's how they, they usually do it. Um it, it it's very basically you say it's what the the consumer is buying. Okay, basically that's what it is. Um, the growth weight is the percentage increase in the gross domestic product from quarter to quarter. It tells you exactly how fast a country's economy is growing. Most countries use the real GDP to remove the effect of inflation. In 2017, it was 2.9. Now, when you, when you get to calculating and, and trying to figure out the GDP and the real GDP, the numbers change drastically. They really do because they... They take away some things, which is uh, very, very interesting. Okay. Um, so what does that mean to you? What does that mean to you? If you're the average Joe, it really don't mean too much because you're the one out there spending your money. All right. Um, the GDP impacts personal finance, investments, and job growth. Investors look at the growth rate to decide if they should adjust their asset allocation. Now, see, when you say asset allocation, that eliminates 70% of black folk. I mean, that sounds rough. That sounds cruel. But it's honest. Most black folks don't have any assets besides the clothes on their back. Most of them can't spell assets. All right? They also compare country growth rates to decide where the best opportunities are. Most investors, investors like to purchase shares of companies that are in rapidly growing countries. So you're talking about investors. The Federal Reserve, y'all know that place up there that's not a part of the government that's privately run, uses the growth rate to decide whether to implement expansionary monetary policy to ward off recession or contra-tenary contra monetary policy to prevent inflation. Its primary tool is the federal rate, basically the interest rate. Here's an example that was given. Now, this is a good. This is what is happening to our country right now. Okay, so it is a thing. I'm just trying to explain a little bit of how it's figured and what it really means. Okay, I, I'm just trying to do that, just a little bit, just a little bit. For example, say the growth rate is speeding up. The Fed raises interest rates to stem inflation. All right, because we know the 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 more the, the economy grows. The more you spend, the more 
dividend going to go up, okay? In this case, you wouldn't want to lock in a fixed rate. See, once again, that's some things, financial, economic things that we as black people need to understand. Fixed rate mortgage. In other words, you get a set interest rate. If it's 12%, it's going to stay 12%. Just like that. You know that an adjustable rate mortgage will start changing higher rates next year. So as the economy grows and you have an adjustable rate mortgage, your mortgage is going to go up. Y'all got that? Yeah. Yeah. If growth slows down or is negative, then you should dust off your resume. Slow economic growth usually leads to layoffs and unemployment. That can take several months. That's because it takes time for executives to compile the layoff list and exit <laughs> packages. All right? So basically what they're saying is if it slows down, people start getting fired. Nobody's buying anything, which means nobody can pay. You know, production is long, so labor cost starts going up. Now, if you have ever worked in any fast food um, establishments or even a call center, Sometimes they call, and I know at call centers they say voluntary, what they call it, voluntary um, leave, uh, voluntary, you can go home. You can volunteer to go home, basically, okay? Or if you work in a fast food restaurant or uh, somewhere like Pizza Hut or what have you, you hear the managers always talking about labor costs, labor costs. And that has a lot, a lot to do with it. Okay, because as economy slow and nobody's buying anything, and there's more people on the clock, that means they're paying you, but you're not doing anything. Which means their costs are going up, their food costs are going up, and then that means somebody's got to be let go. It's just that simple. It's just that simple. You know, they put all these fancy words in it, what have you, but it's simple like that. Once the GDP starts going down. There's, there's trouble, okay? Once it starts going up, everything is good and rosy. Everybody's happy. Everybody's happy. Um, however, however, you know, as we do know with a whole lot of things, um, numbers can be forged. Numbers can be fudged, I mean to say, and, and made it seem to be good. But we're going to take it for what it is right now. It seems to be a good thing. So we're going to take it as it is. It's a a positive moment for the Trump administration. Regardless per quarter, which I say is for, that the ideal growth rate is between 2 to 3%. Okay, 2 to 3%. So this thing grew. It's gone up. So... It's, it's good. Now, in 2007, of course, we know the country was in bad shape as far as uh, economy. The United States lost its position as the world's largest economy. Now, instead of that time, we the richest, we the that, that, but as far as the world, no, you lost that. You did. You lost that. Okay? So, um, if you want to you know, read a little bit more about it. You're more than welcome to. I'm going to start right there because I probably lost some of y'all already. But I just wanted you to know the little ins and outs of what actually uh, they mean when they say the GDP. 
I hope you understand a little bit better. If not, you can always go and look it up on your, for yourself. Um, I got that from, where did I get that from? Thebalance.com. Yeah, thebalance.com. So y'all can, y'all can check that out. All right. With that being said, we're going to move right along. <laughs> yep. Um, you know, uh, let me tell you what happened to, to this president. Now, you know, him and Putin had their little meeting. And, and, of course, it was during the uh, Olympics. Now, what happened was during the Olympics, the balls, the soccer balls themselves, the soccer balls themselves were um, equipped with little transmitters. And basically it was for the fans to interact more with, with the, the game as it was happening. And, you know, if the ball got close enough to see how, you know, the players on, on your phone and feed the ball, things like that. That's what it was. Well, apparently what happened was when – when Putin gave Trump one of these balls, it just happened to have a transmitter in it. Now, of course, everybody's saying, well, you know, they all had it in, so it's nothing major. But just think. <laughs> just think. Let, let's look at this. Wouldn't that be interesting, though, to give another president a symbol of friendship? And it really was uh, <laughs> it, it really was uh, 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 what I want to say. Oh, yeah, it, it really was a, a, a tracking device to hear everything you have to say. <laughs> that would be funny. Oh, that would have been funny. Now, of course, like I said, you know, the thing is, you know, it was just a little thing, and you no, know, it had no – you know, and that's the funny thing, because it would be like, well, it's a transmitter, but, you know, it can't be changed or anything. Frequencies can't be changed or anything like that. Who do they think they're talking to? Huh? Who do they think they're talking to? We know good and well. <laughs> exactly. We know good and good and well that anything electronic can be hacked and a frequency changed. Okay. We we know this. They have shown this to us. Put on a daily basis. How gullible are, are the American people supposed to be when you're talking about, well, it just changed? Because personally, I believe, my mind in itself is, yeah, it was a tracking device. It was a tracking device. Because I already know that this guy is owned by the Russian guy and his crew over there. There's no doubt about it. The money says it. The money has proven it. You know, that's one of the reasons why he really can't do anything uh, as far as sanctions, whatever, against them, because they got him by the, the no gonads. They really do. They have him by the gonads. He don't want to admit it, but they do. They do. But we'll, we'll come back to that in a little bit. All right? So, when you look, you never look at a soccer ball the same again. I know I won't. <laughs> All right. 
Remember last week when we were talking about Amoroso? I said, y'all know this Amoroso been mighty quiet. Or maybe I was talking to Pete Ross about that. I said, man, it's amazing. We haven't heard from Amoroso since she got thrown out the um, White House. Where apparently she has a new coming out, a new book coming out in the next couple of weeks, I think it is. And she promises it will be a head turner. Now, I want to know what's in this book. I want to know. And I'm going to purchase the book. I'm not going to tell you no fibs. I'm going to purchase this book because I want to know. I want to know. And I'm sure some of it may be true. Some of it may be, you know, uh, fabricated. Some of it may be uh, added on to. But I want to see what's in this book. And I want to see how the administration reacts to her book. Now, let's not forget Amorosa was the orange guy's, you know, ace boom coon black person. She had access to him when nobody else did, which was a, a, a cause, part and cause of her being thrown out of the White House because the generals didn't like that. No, she didn't have to answer to them. The only person she answered to was the orange guy. So it, it, it's going to be very interesting to see what this book has in it. Uh, and I'm sure there will be some backlash. You know, uh, uh, there will be some backlash about it. But it'll it, it be all good. It will be all good. <laughs> you know, um, uh, yeah. Um, so we, we'll see. We'll see uh, what, what's going on going on with this with this book. Okay. So those are all the quickies I had for you today. And yes, I call this because you know we really ain't gonna we want to go spend too much time on that. But if by chance, and if you want to go and, and um, check it out. Go ahead. You know, they're out there on the web for you, and uh, we can we can have a conversation about it later. All right. Moving right along, moving right along. We have we have uh, uh, quite a bit of things to talk about, and uh, I want to make sure we, we cover, cover them. You know, since P. Ross ain't here today, I can sing, y'all. <laughs> ain't that a good thing? I can sing today. Uh-oh, here it comes. I feel a song coming on. I wrote one specially for the day. <laughs> oh, oh, Lord. Okay. No, nah, I'm not going to do y'all like that yet. <laughs> oh, Lord, have mercy. All right. So, here's uh... a... <laughs> Oh, all right, here's 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 an interesting story, and you know I I, I wasn't gonna uh, do this story right here, but based on everything that's going on in the in in, in the um in this administration, we have no choice but to mention it because it, it plays right along into the, how how this administration is really. Uh, using its political position to do the wrong thing. And when I say do the wrong thing, I mean do the wrong thing. All right? So I'm sure everybody heard about the CNN reporter that was banned from a White House House event. After, okay, I'm going to give you an example of, of what happened before I give you the details on this one. Now, 
if you see the reports where the president is usually sitting with the head of another country, and he's sitting there talking, you know, they're sitting in the chair. Most time they're leaning forward, and then the guy finished talking, and they, they you know, getting the, taking questions. Well, this this one day, um, as usual, okay, that's it. And we know every time they say that's it, reporters start yelling questions. It's what they do. I remember an instance a couple of weeks ago where they were doing it, and, and he, I think he, that's when he was with the French, the French president, if I'm not mistaken. And the, the, the reporter started yelling questions. And, of course, I think the orange guy was saying was, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And then you hear somebody in the background, okay, that's it, yelling, that's it, that's it. But the, the reporters are still yelling questions. But as it died down, you can hear the French presidents, are they always like this? You know, and then the orange guy whispers something back. Now, and the reason I brought that forward, because I believe this here is a, uh, an example, it, it is a result from that question being asked. Because I really do feel that the orange guy was kind of embarrassed you know, by it. Okay. So anyway, this reporter name is Caitlin Collins. And um, she says she was told by the White House Communications uh, that, uh, Director and Press Secretary that her question had been inappropriate and that she could not attend an event during which Trump and Junker announced a joint working dialogue on trade. Okay. Uh, now, a lot of people was upset about that, and they did feel that this decision to bar, you know, someone from the press was retaliatory. In other words, they were getting even. In nature and not indicative of open and free press, we demand better. That was CNN said. All right. But let's be honest. Uh, there has never been basically open and free press. I mean, let's be real. When has that happened around here? Because we do know all the networks have agendas. They have uh, things they want to do. Right? Right. So, but I digress and go back to what I'm talking about. Um, the orange guy has often complained about seeing his coverage of his presidency, saying um, his coverage is unfair. That's because nobody talks nice about him all the time like Fox News. And that's the state-sponsored news channel. Y'all know that, right? Now, you know, the funny thing about it, though, even Fox News said something negative about him, him barring this, this lady right here, which was interesting. And I, as always, he, he, don't, he won't attack them. Um, and, and basically, it was interesting because <laughs> the question that, that the young lady asked was a very interesting question, and it had to do with, oh, man. Hold on, my notes fell out. It had to do with uh, the news of the day. Hold on, I'll bring it to you here in a minute. Um, where is it? God dang it. Now, it was asked, because after that, that's when they came out about the, the um, Putin not accepting uh, uh, the invitation to come here this fall. But we know as of today, Putin has extended an invitation for Trump to come back to Moscow, you know, interesting little thing. But anyway, um, here's what the question was that got her banned. Collins asked about the audio recording featuring Trump discussing paying, paying 
former Playboy model Karen McDougal during a picture-taking session in the Oval Office. And that's when he was meeting with this European Commission president. All right. So, once again, he got asked a question he didn't like. And once again, what does he do? He had his little, uh, his crony, Sarah Sanders Huckabee, and, and um, the, the, the director, the, the uh, communication director, tell this reporter, hey, look, you can't come back for this afternoon's briefing. You can't come back. We're not doing it. Um, as I said, everybody was upset, including Jay Wallace, president of Fox News, who said, we stand in strong solidarity with CNN for the right to full access for our journalists as part of free and unfeathered press. Oliver Knox, the president of the White House Correspondents Association, we strongly condemn the White House House's misguided and inappropriate decision today to bar one of our members from an open press event after she asked questions they did not like. This type of retaliation is wholly inappropriate, wrong-headed, and weak. It cannot stand. Reporters asking questions of powerful government officials up to and including the president helps hold those people accountable in our republic. The WHCA supports the prerogative of all reporters to do their jobs without fear of reprisal from the government. Now, that's what Oliver Knox said. Okay. <sighs> Once again, we see an example of, of how not to use your power. You know, and, and, and it's amazing that this guy, he's supposed to be a businessman, but he is so sensitive. You know, it's like if you say his hair was out of place, he loved shot if he could. He is. He, he loved to have you shot if he could. Believe that. You know, now he's going to the banning reporters. What's next? What's next? As I said, when he, he keeps talking about this wall, keep saying the wall is not to keep people out, it's to keep people in. Now, I'm telling y'all, that's what I think it is. You know, even during the Bush administration, hey, y'all remember that time Bush was over in, what was it, Saudi Arabia, whatever, or Iraq, or Iraq, I think it was Iraq, and that shoe got thrown at him? Remember that, right? Even he took it in stride. Well, okay. He could duck pretty good. He got pretty good um, reflex, but he, he was pretty good. You know, so for him to be so dang sensitive, and he's not even man enough to admit that his little feelings get hurt, that is crazy. That is crazy. So that is the story behind this this reporter being banned from um, the White House event. You know, apparently she was just, you know, uh, banned for that one that that one uh, event that afternoon. However, you know, as as we've said before, we already know that this administration holds grudges and they hold them for a long time, a very long time. So I'm sure they'd be after her, especially if they're in the, in the, um, the morning briefing. You know, Sarah Sanders Huckabee will be on her anytime she asks a question. <laughs> oh, I'm just saying. Now, another, another example. See, I, I, I had to get that in there because, as I said, there was uh, we had we had to get this piece in there because here's another example of this administration 
holding grudges and uh, uh, really, really uh, trying to punish anyone, anyone that speaks out against anything they they are doing, anything. Now, this is supposed to be a democracy, right? You're supposed to be able to free speech, free speech. He stood, the orange guy has stood up there himself and said, what? Oh, I support it. No one knows free speech like I know free speech. But yet he's trying to punish everybody who who uses that First Amendment right to criticize him. It's only good when, when it's, it's praising the greatest president there has ever been. Get out of here. All right, anyway. President Donald Orange Trump, considering revoking the clearances of six former top national security officials who have been critical of his administration, Sarah Sanders Huckabee said Monday that the president is exploring mechanisms to strip clearance from former CIA director John Brenham, as well as five other former officials who have held some of the most sensitive positions in government. Now, oh, just reading that right there, you would say, okay, all right, all right, maybe some guys, you know, slipped through the cracks and they left and didn't have their, their clearances taken away when they should have. Uh, you're like, okay, I, I can get with that. But when the names start coming out, you're like, oh, heck no, wait a minute. No, no, because all these individuals have stood up and said something that was not flattering of the orange guy, and this is retaliatory. Well, I tell you, I'm learning some big words today, y'all. Woo-hoo! My eighth grade education don't go up to ninth grade here pretty soon. <laughs> but anyway, anyway, the names are former FBI director Jim Comey. Y'all know James Clapper, the former director of National Intelligence, former CIA director Michael Hayden, former National Security Advisor Susan Rice, and Andrew McCain, who served as Trump's deputy FBI director until he was fired in March. And some of them served in both Democratic and Republican administrations, to include Donald Trump's, which we know, before any of those so-called political pundits that we have say, well, you know, they were all Democrats. They they served under Obama, and that, that was it. And, you know, some of them served under Bush, some of them served under Obama, and even some of them served under Trump. So we can wipe, we can wipe, that, wipe that away. Just get away from that. All right? Huckabee accused the officials of having politicized and in some cases monetize their public service and security clearances by making baseless accusations that the Trump administration had improper contact with Russia and was influenced by Russia. Now, as I just said before we started this, this administration is trying so hard to make everyone believe that there is there was no improper contact with Russia. Okay, and that this administration is not being influenced by Russia. 
And I'm going to go out there and live and say the administration is not, but the orange guy is. I've said it before. If you don't believe me, go out there and look. Find out where all his Trump towers, where the money came from uh, when he was building them in New York City. Go and find out where the money came from for him to build it in Russia and who was behind the money. So, no, it's a generalization to say the administration, but it can be narrowed down to the orange guy. It can be narrowed down to the orange guy because truth be told, up until that money started coming in, Donald Trump was broke. Okay, he wasn't a successful businessman. It's out there. It is out there. Oh, check it out. <laughs> so you know, for him to say what he knows, what it, yeah, yeah, what he yeah, what he know. I'm being nice today. All right. Anyway, let's continue on. The fact, you know, wait a minute. Continue on. I, I, I missed the point here. I missed the point. And it's, it's interesting that these key, certain key words are continuously being used. Because we know the American public, we, we ride on key words. And, that, you know, no matter what is said in a conversation, we always key in on certain terms and certain phrases. And baseless accusations. Whenever they're talking about the, the Mueller investigation, uh, if they got to do with Russia, usually that term comes up, baseless accusations. Because if you hear a term so much, it sticks in your head. That's like listening to a song that comes on over and over and over and over uh, on the radio. You don't have to like it, but eventually you'll find yourself humming it because it's, it's just there now. It's ingrained in your brain, and that is what they're trying to do to the American public. Yeah, some liminal messages. Yeah. That's a new another phrase I just learned. Some liminal messages. Yeah. They be sticking to your brain. So pay attention to those little things. Even when he's he's talking, his fingers are up. They're in another circuit. The three fingers are up. There's a reason for that. It's a reason for that. It's part of the body language thing. But I'm, I'm not going to get into that. That's a whole different thing. All right. Let's get back into the security clearances. Um, the fact that people with security clearances are making these baseless charges uh, provides inappropriate legitimacy to accusations with zero evidence. Now, the title of this show is It Really Hurts. Okay, it really hurts, and it really must be hurting this administration right now, you know, because they're always talking about fake news, fake news, fake news, where apparently the only place fake news are coming from is this administration. That's where the fake news come from. Now, it really has to hurt to realize that Every time, every time, 
You say something didn't happen, evidence comes up to say something different. You want to call it fake news. You want to call it fake news. And it gets to the point so bad you have to go back and your advisors have to actually help you form some kind of statement to try and, re- and cover your behind. Because we know you do, we know that this administration really doesn't care about all of the American public, just the base. Just his base. That's all he happy with. That's why certain statements are made the way they are to appease his base. You know, it, to appease his base. The rest of us, whatever. You know, you remember when Kanye yes said the said the universe was talking to him. <laughs> remember that? Well. The orange guy is in a whole different universe on his own. And that's why he's had he has so much problem with people uh, saying things about him that he and he just gonna classify as not true. Although he can get up in front of a podium and and, and say whatever comes out of his mouth. And he wants you to believe it. He wants you to believe it. Now you know, the other day he, he was talking to the Veterans Administration, and, you know, we already covered the bill that was supposed to be out there. I listened to him, and you know what he was actually saying? Nothing. He was up there bragging on himself. You know, this, uh, the country, that, that, that's not what we wanted. We, we know what the country is. Hey, we didn't put our lives on the line, uh, on the line for this country. We know that. We don't know what you're going to do for us. We don't want to hear about how great you are or what, what you have done. We don't care. But basically, that's what his whole speech was about. And if you notice, when he makes a point, he always repeats it at least twice, at the most three times. There's a reason for that. Because you because in, public, <laughs> in public speaking, you know, when you want to make a point stick, you repeat it at least three times, at least twice, at least twice. Remember that because people can't hit, listen to that. All right, but anyway, anyway, <clears throat> the president has been seething over the backlash to his meeting last week with Russia's, you know, president and the ongoing investigation to Russia's meddling in the 2016 election whether his campaign aides were involved in the effort and whether he obstructed justice. Now, see, uh, and I'm taking these points piece by piece because there's so much in here that we, we, need, to, we need to get out. Um, investigation into Russia's meddling in the 2016 election. Look, y'all, I have said it before and I will say it again. I saw they meddled. The United States of America has America has meddled in more than in so many governments, elections, whatever. Now they want to get upset because of this, or because that C name was involved. They think that C name was involved in it. Ain't that gonna happen to the Clintons? They need to drop it. Okay, let's be honest. 
His A's got duped. His son got duped. Yes, they had meeting with these Russian guys. And be honest with you, they weren't no political figures. Okay? Let, let, let's go on and just put it out there. These guys weren't political figures. They were the handlers. Okay? That's who they were. They were the handlers. Of course, they're not going to say that because you don't want... They don't want you to think that uh, that kind of thing exists in, in today's society. That was only supposed to be propaganda for back in the 50s where apparently Russian spies had built us and were walking around acting just like Americans. They had spies on, it, on TV. So this is 2018. There's no way in heck somebody can get caught up like that. But they just got that, that Russian lady. But anyway... So anyway, oh, the threat to deny the officials access to classified information marks escalation in the president's ongoing war with members of the U.S. Intelligence Committee. <clears throat> you know, need I say any more? He didn't fire the, the, the FBI, the deputy, the, other FBI, the director of the FBI. He basically came out and said the FBI, CIA, NSA, they ain't worth nothing. Their intel is bad. And not only is he saying it here in this country, he's saying it in front of uh, what's supposed to be our closest enemy. Interesting that Senator Ron Paul, which happens to be a, 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 a Republican, and he's from the state of Kentucky, tweeted that he would be meeting with Trump to discuss revoking Brennan's clearance after his criticism of the president's performance at the summit with and let's be honest, his own party wasn't happy with that. I mean, who does, who has a meeting with another foreign leader that's supposed to be your enemy in private? No press, no spurs, no nobody, just you two. If that doesn't seem fishy, I don't know what it is. But no one's supposed to say, oh, no, that doesn't look right. That's not right. You know, let's be honest. Uh, the intelligence community, yeah, they have their flaws, trust me. Because we used to have a joke in the army about intelligence. <laughs> you know, but uh, this is crazy. Former CIA directors and other top national security are typically allowed to keep their clearances, at least for some as a courtesy, and so they can be able to advise their successors. McCabe does not currently have a clearance, his spokesman, uh, spokeswoman said, which, according to FBI rules, once you are fired or released FBI, your clearance is revoked. But he didn't even know that. So, and that's scary. <laughs> ah, I just changed to say, Supposed to be, but how do you keep an eye on your enemy except by getting in bed with them? Things are not what they seem. Okay. All right. Yeah, right. When they got you by the gonads, oh, it's definitely as it seems. Um. So, let's say, let's see exactly why these, oh, man, let's see exactly why these individuals 
why these individuals themselves are uh, upset. Why he upset with these people? What did they say that has him so mad? <laughs> um, <clears throat> let's say Steven, no, uh, Susan Rice. So what did Susan Rice do to piss him off? A former Obama-era national security advisor said that she believes last week's summit between President Trump and North Korea's Leader Kim Jong-un was a bigger success for North Korea. It was a historic, oh, wait a minute. Oh, then she was talking about North Korea, okay? She basically was saying is, North Korea got everything they wanted. You're not going to get anything. Okay, yes, let me let, for those pro-Trump individuals, yes, we know the bodies back today. Yes, we know that. And I'm not knocking it. I, that's great. That's, but wait a minute. And it, it just hit me last this week when I was setting up for this show that it, what he called the, the military exercises war games. <clears throat> and I thought about it. I'm like, war games? Really? That's what a kid would call it. They're military exercises. But let's think about that. We counseling. Military exercises between soccer, with South Korea and the American forces, but it's right there where a country where once the river freezes over, they can cross over if they want to. Who does that? Who does that? Oh, and, and see, these are all the kind of decisions that these people are saying. And and it's right. It looks just like that. It really does. Susan Rice went on to say it was a historic mistake to allow the president of the United States, not just Donald Trump, but any president. And see, I'm glad she put that in there. Not just Donald Trump, but any president, frankly, to sit for two hours, two hours without any note takers, without any aides present, with one of the most adversarial leaders in the world relative to the United States. He's taken a series of steps that had Vladimir Putin dictated them. He couldn't have mirrored, mirrored more effectively. What his motivations are, I think, is a legitimate question, but the policies that this president has purchased, pursued globally have served Putin's interests. Yep. Uh, so that was Susan Rice said about it. Okay, and of course you know that that's gonna get his little feathers ruffled because he don't like that. He don't like that. Cause it hurt his feelings. It hurt his feelings. Now, if any of you want to uh, go and look at these um, stories I'm telling you about, I'm putting the links in the chat room. And it's www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Mr. Talk. Okay? Just thought I'd let you know. Ah. <laughs> uh, okay, so let's see what Mr. Brennan said. Brennan slammed those comments as nothing short of treacherous and accused Trump of being holy in the pocket of Putin. Paul, in turn, called Brennan the most Bigoted, over-the-top, 
hyperbolic sort of director of the CIA we've ever had. Of course, he said this in an interview with who? The state news capital of United States of America, Fox News. Now, y'all, y'all see these words. Most biased, bigoted, over-the-top, hyperbolic sort of director of the CIA we ever had. But wait a minute. Can't we use those terms for the orange man as well? Can't we use those some labels right there, those names, for him as well? I'm just saying. And honestly, I'm surprised Rand Paul even went there. Yeah, I used to respect Rand, Rand Paul. Or was it his dad? Um, you know, yeah, yeah, until he got beat up in his own front yard. Yeah. And I think that's when I stopped respecting him then, because ain't nobody going to beat me in my front yard. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I got somebody just say, that applies to 45 as well. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. Um, whew, James Clapper reacted to White House talk of research and said that Trump's idea was kind of petty, a petty way of retribution, I suppose, for speaking out against the president, which I think on the part of all of us are born out of concerns about President Trump. Yeah? But he had the best response. I, I love it. Basically what he said is he that revoking his security clearance would not have any effect on what I said or right. <laughs> In other words, go and stick your security clearance up your behind. I don't care. I'm going to do me. I'm going to do me. You, you, can't, you can't be mad at a response. Um, as Lisa Schwartz, a, sportsman, a spokeswoman, came, tweeted that his security clearance was deactivated when he was terminated per FBI policy. She went on to say, you would think the White House would check with the for trying to throw sh- shiny objects to the press corps. <laughs> oh, oh, Lord, have mercy. That's just loving how they, uh, nobody's really backing down anymore. Everybody's like, screw this. We've had enough. We've had enough of this. <laughs> I, I love it. I love it. Um. And then here's my boy, Representative Elijah E. Cummings, the ranking Democrat on the House Oversight Committee, said Trump had allowed his former National Security Advisor, Michael Flynn, to keep his security clearance for weeks after the Justice Department warned that he was under investigation for lying about his secret conversations with the Russians and allowed his son-in-law, Jared, Kushner to keep his security clearance after repeatedly concealing his foreign contacts. Cummings went on to say President Trump should get his own staff security clearance in order rather than engaging in crass political retribution against former officials. Yeah. Can you, can you say it any better than that? In other words, get your own house in order before you start messing with somebody else's. <laughs> And we know that house is, is jacked up for the flow up. Yes, it is. And that, that's what we say, isn't it? Ain't that what the old version Jacked up for the flow up. That means you messed up for the white folk that don't understand that. Okay, that means you messed up. But then again, we already know that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. <laughs> you know, but it will be nice to see. But, nah. Um, so. 
it's interesting that um, there were some attorneys asked about this as far as can it be done. Because really, there's no president that really has ever thought about doing this like this. Um, there's an attorney, Grant T. Rinky, who specializes in national security and social and security clearance cases, said that while presidents have broad authority to grant clearances, there is some debate over whether or not the president has the authority to revoke them. He said he was not aware of any past case in which a person had their clearance revoked by the president. Then there was another attorney, John V. Barry, who regularly represents federal intelligence agency employees, said that he did not see any reason the president wouldn't be able to revoke clearance, but that doing so would be terrible for America and totally defeat the process of defending national security. So as you can see, even even attorneys that deal with this stuff on a daily basis, they don't know how to take this. This is foreign territory, foreign territory. Now, let's remember when the orange guy was running, he said he was going to drain the swamp. That's the reason, that was what he, he ran on. That's what his base elected him to do. But it seems like he's creating more of a swamp than getting rid of it. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. So the bottom line is, as you can see, if you say anything, anything negative against this administration, and there's any way they can reach out and touch you, oh, they're coming. They're coming. Are coming. But it's okay. It's okay because eventually, even his base. Well, I will. I was gonna say even his base would be upset. But no, I'm not even gonna say that because apparently they just see it's the best way for them to do whatever they're doing. That's interesting, isn't it? No, but it is something that 45 has said way back on Oprah Winfrey's show. He can run for Republican, he'll be elected, and he can believe it. They believe anything he tell them. Now, remember at the beginning of the show, I said there was some good news that the economy is running great. You know, this is the best it's been in a while. So, you know, they are, they are, uh, you know. So this, this is something you know that that the, the, the GOP party, as they call it, can run on for the midterms election. You know, the economy is doing good. Gas prices are still going up, but the economy is doing good. <laughs> Which is interesting, but hey, it is what it is, right? That's how the kid told you. I just I told you how the GDP works. It's interesting to see how you know this this administration attacks those that use their First Amendment right to speak out against what is what is wrong. But 
But we're going to see how far this goes. We really are. Now, we know we know that if it was left up to the orange guy, Sessions would be gone. Now, don't, don't get it twisted because he's not happy with Sessions because he wanted Sessions to run the Russian collusion investigation. Sessions was like, heck no. No, I'm not doing that. Oh, no. No. Mm-mm. Not happening. So now, all of a sudden, they want to go after the deputy <laughs> attorney general. You see, if any of it border on um, obstruction of justice. You know, so the more he tries to intimidate, that's the word I was looking for, the more his hole gets deeper. Now, let's be honest, there's nothing going to happen to him while he's in the office. There's not. But the question is, when 2020 comes, is he going to be still in office? I guess that's something we'll have to see. You know, at the beginning, <laughs> you, 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 at the beginning of his presidency, you'll say, ah, he won't make it to 20. He, he won't make another make it to 2024. But then again, you never know with the way the things are going. You never know. Because the sheeple are just that. They sheeple. They believe anything. They hear it long enough and see it long enough. All right. Let's move on from that because I want to talk about this other thing here that uh, is very interesting. And it's it's the um, Florida Stand Your Ground Law. We've got to talk about that. All right. There was a recent shooting in the state of Florida over a parking space. Over a parking space. And uh, what happened was a young lady on her boyfriend and son parked in a handicapped parking spot. And this guy drove up, and apparently he wasn't happy that they were sitting there, and no, she did not have a handicapped parking spot, whatever. All right, as I always say, there's an action for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction, okay? I say I say that often. All right, I put the links to, to the... the um, Florida State Your Law um, information in the chat room as long as well as the video um, of the, the the confrontation. All right, so welcome guest seven ninety three. Glad to see you hanging out with us today. You know, if you if you could change seven ninety three to a username, we can chat in the chat room. Just letting you know. Um, so anyway, what what eventually happened was simple. It, it, it was the guy. Started confronting the man's girlfriend. Okay, uh, the guy was in the store with his son buying some some candy and some snacks. I saw he saw it came out, saw this approaching his girlfriend, and he went over and pushed. Okay, now <clears throat> let me clarify. This wasn't just a love tap. He pushed him. Okay, he pushed him. Now this is where it went off the rails. Now, instead of this other guy, whose name was Mikis Marcus, wait a minute, no, Michael Draker, okay, 
instead of him getting up and being a man and let's duke it out with our fists, he pulls a gun off his side and shoots Marcus Glockton, McLaughlin in the chest and kills him. Okay, so the Pinellas County Sheriff uh, revealed that Drake's actions were within the bookends of staying your ground and within the bookends of force being justified. He went on to say, I'm not saying I agree with it, but I don't make it that call. So the case is in the prosecutor's hands. But as far as the police department, no, they're not charging him. They didn't arrest him. Okay. Uh, as I said, the argument started because the, the young lady, Miss Jacobs, parked her car in a disabled parking space without a permit. A boyfriend went inside the store when the arm broke. He came back out and shoved Drucker to the ground with both hands. Drucker then quickly pulled out a gun and shot him in the chest. One shot in the chest. Now, and here's the thing about that. Like I said, I put the video in the chat room, and you go YouTube and look at the video. Um, he was on the ground, okay, and McLaughlin, once he pushed him, he didn't approach him anymore. Okay, he didn't lunge at him. You know, he stood there like, okay, just get away. But this other coward, sitting there with his legs crossed, pulls out a weapon, aims, I mean, when I say aim, I mean aim, and shot the man in the chest. Now, here's two problems I have with that. Number one, he was a coward. He should have got up and fought like a freaking man. See, that's what I say about these, these this carry thing. Because most men, most of them jokes are the carry it. They looking to use it, especially the white guys. I'm going to say it, especially them white guys. And don't be telling me about no black on black, black on black crime and all that crap either. All right, now, number two, McLaughlin was doing what any man's supposed to do, defend his woman. Simple. Defend his woman. Now, it's a sad thing that he got shot in front of his five-year-old son, and his five-year-old son had to watch his daddy die right in his in front of his face. And that would be the last thing he could remember about his dad. But at least he saw his dad defending his mom. But isn't that what men are supposed to do? We're supposed to defend the ones we love. Take care of them. Nobody's supposed to harm them. But now I got this 47-year-old punk, and I'm going to call him a punk, sissy. He can't fight, so he want to shoot somebody. See, that's the same crap we've been talking about, even these young guys that we see. But anyway, I, I, I'm not going I, 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 I'm getting off what I want to talk about here. Um, <laughs> I am. Um, so what we have here is, is another case of, the, the Florida controversial stand your ground thing. I um and I wanted to know because he said it, the the sheriff said it was in the guidelines of stand your ground. So I had to go and look it up because I think everybody really don't have an understanding of what this stand your ground things are. You know, uh, number one, because most people say, well. You know, he didn't give it. He, if you watch the video, he did give the guy a chance to run. He didn't try and run. 
okay? He didn't. That's why I said, black folk, we need to know the law. We have to know the law now because the law is being used against us in every in every possible way there can be. it can be. I'm just telling you. Okay? Let me give you a quick lesson of Florida stand your ground. Okay? Now, when Trayvon Martin was shot, there was a stand your ground, but it was a different version. Okay? Because it had a, 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 a a, a, a part in that, that that mentioned the duty of retreat, which meant basically you had to give the other person a chance to retreat, or if you had the ability to retreat, do it. Okay. So, in 2017, the Florida legislature changed that. They did, and they kind of broadened the scope. Okay, and. Here it is. Rather than creating a new defense, Florida's stand your ground law broadens the scope of common law self-defense claims by, listen to this now, this is how it changed it. Abolishing, that means got rid of the general duty of retreat rule and thereby applying elements of the former castle doctrine to all places where a person is legally present. What is the castle doctrine? The, the, the castle doctrine is basically if somebody steps on your property or they try to get in your home, you can shoot them. They don't have to retreat. You don't have to retreat. You can shoot them. Okay? That's the castle doctrine. So they got rid of the duty of retreat and everything else graduated to the castle doctrine. Okay? Presuming legal justification for the use of deadly force in scenarios involving unlawful entries into dwellings, residences, and vehicles, and providing potential immunity to defendants where the use of force is shown to fall within the protections of the statute. Y'all heard that. Providing potential immunity to defendants where the use of force is shown to fall within the protections of the statute. And that's why that guy was not arrested. Okay? That's why he wasn't arrested. Drinker. Now, for that for the person who just joined, we talk about the shooting in the state of Florida over parking spot. Uh, and and um, the guy wasn't arrested under the stand your ground law. Okay? So let me give you a little bit more on this, this duty of retreat. Okay? Um, Florida <clears throat> Statute 776-0122, Section 2. Florida statutes provide that a person is justified in using or threatening to use deadly force if. Now, make sure you listen to this. If he or she reasonably believes that using or threatening to use such force is necessary to prevent imminent death or great bodily harm to himself, or herself, or another, or to prevent the imminent commission of a forcible felony. All right? <laughs> now, it, it, it's interesting 
Because reading that right there, you would say, wait a minute. There was no imminent death to that guy. Yeah, he might have got beat up a little bit, but did that, 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 no, um, mean he had to shoot this guy? Because the guy pushed him? No. No, not at all. Um, the departure from the common law occurs in the discussion of retreat. Florida State Statute 776-021 specifically provides that a person who uses or threatens to use deadly force in accordance with this subsection does not have a duty to retreat. Okay? Listen to that again. A person who uses or threatens to use deadly force in accordance with this subsection does not have a duty to retreat. Okay, and has the right to stand his or her ground if the person using or threatening to use the deadly force is not engaged in a criminal activity and is in a place where he or she has a right to be. Okay, it says emphasis added. <laughs> so, once again, looking at the video, all right. A shove is not a deadly, I mean, unless you shove them on something sharp, and he just shoved them down in the parking lot. There was no traffic, no cars. There was at a convenience store. Okay? The guy was sitting on the ground. Okay? The guy was sitting on the ground. The guy who shoved him was standing up on the sidewalk. He wasn't trying to advance to him, toward him. He just wanted him to leave his woman alone. But John Wayne down there said, oh, yeah, I, I got this one. Oh, yeah, I'm going to put one in his chest. And, you, and if, you, if you watch this video, you can see the guy took it out. He pulled it, steadied himself, and all while he's doing this, the black the sidewalk just looking at it. He's not trying to advance. He's not trying to run. Now, from what I saw, I, like my response would be like, really? Are you really going to shoot me? And he left into his chest. The guy stumbles into a store and his son right behind him and he falls and dies. Does that, did that one shove constitute a uh, 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 death? And should he be covered understanding your ground? Let's be honest. Some laws have been got uh, put away for less things than that. Don't you think that was a little excessive? <laughs> anyway, thus in all scenarios where a person is engaged in lawful activity and is lawfully present, he or she does not owe an attacker or a duty or, or to retreat or otherwise disengage. The user of force may stand his or her ground and result to deadly force, so long he or she reasonably believes that such force is necessary to avert death or great bodily harm. Once again, to avert death or great bodily harm. Yes, he may have gotten beat up, all right? If he even got back and ran at the guy. But the thing is, neither one of them was moving. 
After the shove, that was it. So how can you say he was trying to avert them or great balling in harm? Those his little feelings were hurt. Now, for those of us that grew up in the 70s and the 80s, we know you shove me, I shove you back. And if we do men, we just going to have to scrap, wrestle, whatever you do. There's going to somebody break us up. But apparently, that is, that is non-existent in today's society with this gun-happy society that we have. Is it, can it be said that society today has no idea what uh, being a man is about? This guy wasn't trying to do nothing but get him off his woman. Okay? Taking up for his woman. That's all he did, push him, y'all. Push him. And for that, he's six feet under now. In 2017, the Florida legislature amended the Stand Your Ground statute to significantly alter the burdens and standards of proof applicable in immunity proceedings. Okay? Instead of placing the entire burden on the defendant, the law now needs a defendant. Listen to this now. Listen to this. Instead of placing the entire burden on the defendant, the law now needs a defendant to establish only a prima facie case of self-defense immunity. At that point, the burden shifts to the prosecution to prove by clear and convincing evidence that the defendant does not qualify for immunity. Now, that was a big word in there. I know the, the prime I, the primary, the, 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 what that word is again? Yeah, the face, the prime and facey. Y'all know I got a law dictionary right here in front of me, right? Y'all know that because I'm always reading out of it. Let's see, what is the primi facey? Uh, at first sight, on first appearance, but subject to further evidence or information. Okay? Sufficient to establish a fact or raise a presumption unless disproved or rebutted. The primary facing case, the establishment of a legally required rebuttal presumption, a party's reproduction of enough evidence to allow the facterium to infer the facts at issue and rule in the party's favor. Okay? I got that, right? That's what prima facie is. And basically, all the things that mean is the prosecution got to prove without a shadow of a doubt. Guy shot that he, the, 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 <laughs> the guy shot shooting with, you know didn't qualify to stand your ground, and then he was negligent. Now, after reading, after reading that, and reading this law, uh, yeah, y'all know what's about to happen, right? Not a dang old thing. Florida State Statute 776-032, Section 4, provides as follows. In a criminal prosecution, once a prima facie claim of self-defense immunity from criminal prosecution has been raised by the defendant at a pre-child immunity hearing, the burden of proof by clear and convincing evidence is on the party seeking to overcome the immunity from criminal prosecution provided in subsection 1. 
Not only does this provision shift the burden of proof to the prosecution, it also raises the standard of proof from preponderance of the evidence to clear and convincing evidence. Rather than create a new defense, Florida Stand Your Ground law broadens the scope of common law self-defense claims by abolishing the general duty of retreat rule and thereby applying elements of the former counsel doctrine to all places where a person is legally present, presuming legal justification for the use of deadly force in scenarios involving unlawful entries into dwellings, residences, or vehicles, and providing potential immunity to defendants where the use of force is shown to fall within the protection of the statute. So, now, honestly looking at this after reading the law, Florida State Your Ground Law, I can truly say that guys won't be prosecuted. Okay? He won't be prosecuted. Now, looking at it from a man's perspective, he needs to be. <laughs> I was just gonna say it. He needed to hide me. Uh, I, I mean that when I saw that, I was like, "Really, dude? Really? It takes less of a man to shoot another man after he just shoved him. That's what he did shove him. Don't think he had to do parking start going to the store, say something, walking by, and be done with it. But he all up on the side of the man's car. What you think he gonna do? Me and I there. What would you? All right, that's all I got for you today, y'all. So if I want to say anything, you better hurry up before we get up out of here, because y'all know me. You don't want to talk. I can roll, 347-838-8622. It's on you. But, you know, that that, that is really frustrating. It really is, because there was really no tussle, no uh, immediate harm. It was just a shove in the fall. But you cowardly enough to pull out a weapon instead of stand up and be a man and, and, and do something about it. I, I, I'm not getting that. You know, my daddy told me a long time ago, and I still hold that and still hold today. When you ride around with a weapon in your car, what happens is instead of finding alternate ways to get out of a confrontation, you already know you already have a tendency to go and grab whatever you got in a car and use it because you know it's there. Now I'm not saying every hold your ground or every person who carries a weapon is in that mindset. But if there's enough of there are enough of them out there to, to make you really think about it. You know, to make you really, really think about it. You know, maybe I should carry me a weapon. You know, and and, and, and other thing. You know, here's the other thing. You can see in the video, there's another guy. He's running. He's trying to get out there. He he don't know what to do right now because he's watching the going down, and it seems like he wants to help, 
but the guy pulls out a gun and he runs in and gets out the way. No, even you was in that situation, you would look and say, Well, I can help, I can help, we can some No, you can't. Why? Because this guy he went he went further. I'm not understanding that, man. That That is just a cowardly, cowardly way to do things, if you ask me. Man, you know, let's go back to the old school, okay? You got a disagreement with me. I got a disagreement with you. One of two things we can do, okay? We can go outside, fist and cuff it up, bruise each other up, wrestle, get tired, breathe on each other, whatever, come in, drink a beer, be happy. Or, or, we can go outside, <laughs> both of us have our weapons, turn our backs to each other, count ten spaces, turn around and fire. If you're going to do it, do it the honorable way. <laughs> I know some of y'all out there laughing at me. I, I hear you laughing. But it's true. It is true. All right, that's all. That's it, man. I tell you. All right, we could give you the um, the inspiration saying of the day, and uh, there we go. Get out of here. I got a special announcement to make at the end too. So don't leave, y'all, because some of y'all gonna forget. You gonna say, "Yeah, you tell me." And I'm gonna say, "I told you." All right. So here's the inspirational left by co-host P. Ross. She wanna make sure y'all had something good. It really hurts when democracy turns a wrong, takes a wrong turn, when the people are deceived and anger burns, when there is no recourse for unjust laws and leadership constantly lie about its true cause. It was and never will be about the citizens. It's only about the money and always has been. The truth hurts and many may flee, say it's all propaganda and refuse to believe. I implore you to take a look back at your history when they have demolished and raped our country after country, raped country after country for so-called freedom, justice, and liberty. Look at the mineral rights stolen and lands decimated, and then tell me why this fraud is continually perpetuated. Land of the free, home of the brave, but yet denying the fact it was built on the backs of immigrants and slaves. This, was, this will never, ever be a true land of liberty until everyone is truly free to live, true, until everyone is truly free, able to live a life free of injustice and poverty. All right, and that was your inspiration today. Uh, Kara, co-host P. Ross, and I'll be posting it on, on my Facebook page and uh, on the website sometime this weekend. Okay, now, uh, it's been fun, man. I'm glad you hung out with me today. I appreciate you. Love you all. I want you to know, though, we're going to take a little vacation. So this will be the last show until September, uh, September to something, The the first Monday of September, or maybe the second Monday. But I want y'all to know that from me, so you won't have uh you won't be saying no. Yeah. The 
3rd of September. The next show will be the 3rd of September. Of course, I'll put it in a, on the website so you, you can go by and check it at your convenience. Uh, but I want to say thank y'all. That was my vacation time. Y'all know me. It's time to bowl. Um, so y'all have, y'all take care. Stay hydrated. Be cool. And uh, we can have some fun when we get back. All right? Hey, in the meantime, if y'all have any ideas for topics or things y'all want to talk about, push them on this way, baby. Y'all know what? Eric Flett, L-E-T-S Talk at gmail.com. Send them to me. We'll, we'll get a schedule for you. Or y'all got any guests you want me to bring on? Same thing. Or you can shoot it to P. Ross at P. Dot Leona, L-E-O-N-A, dot Ross24 at gmail.com. All right? If you're my Facebook friend, Hey, you can shoot it to me in the inbox. I can handle that, too. All right? So, with all that being said, I want to say thank you all once again. It's been fun, but it's time to run, baby. Uh, just remember, keep smiling, show appreciation, begin with an open heart, but make sure you forgive yourself first. And the biggest, best thing, learn to laugh at yourself. Because if you can laugh at yourself, everything else is just groovy, baby. We're going to take you out here. I know it's Friday. I know somebody that got paid. And you just burning your pocket, even if you stay at work. So here's Johnny Kemp and just got paid. Y'all have fun, baby. I'm gone. Bye. Feels good.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.